Welcome back. You made it. Despite like the increasing gas prices and the virus still out there, you managed to make it back to Screaming at a Wall podcast. I'm your host, Casper. Thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. Your time is valuable. And uh, you're here. You're still watching these. And I hope that you're you know getting a lot out of it. If you don't know who I am, ex-felon turned a whole lot of other stuff. But you know what I never uh, turned back into was a prisoner haven't been back and i've learned a lot along the way and uh, i will be sharing stories with other people who have made it out of the trenches and have risen to the top of their game and uh join us you know what i mean stick around subscribe so you know what's going on when we get a little notification thing it's like hey we got a new video for you Anyway, yeah, we're going to get back into it with Nick Rivera. This is going to be the part two, which we will get to in a second. I just wanted to talk about something that I guess, you know, bothers me. And uh, it's the whole uh, issue with Terry Kennedy. I don't know if you've heard, but he got popped on an assault charge. Uh, that assault quickly turned to now, I guess, like first degree murder. Uh, the guy that he assaulted at a motel outside of Chicago, Illinois, has died. And so Terry Kennedy is now um, facing first-degree murder. He was uh, caught shortly after when he got to the police station. Apparently, he had threatened the cops seven to eight times about how he, he would kill them, he would murder them, uh, that they kill cops where he's from, which is Compton. Compton asked uh, Terry. And um, so he's sitting in a jail cell. And I know this cat's got a child, and it really bums me to, to hear that he's, you know, his, his daughter is going to lose out most likely on having a father in her life. So uh, I just, I really brought that up, not just to talk. I mean, there's a ton of other things out there that you can watch. So uh, if you haven't, or if you don't know about it, uh, just search it up. It's, it's on there, but I really wanted to talk more about how, you know, it's really easy. I think for people that come from a cer certain environment who have been busted, who have grown up in dysfunction. I mean, really that's, uh, this is what this is right here. Right. And, uh, it's really easy to go ripe, to revert back to old habits. And as we've seen with him, you know, he came from a certain place and then he was, he was up here and then slowly started, uh, you know, declining. Uh, I don't know really what he had going on in his personal life, but, you know, he lost a lot of his sponsors. His Instagram videos were showing him not in a good mental state. And it just seemed to me that he didn't have a really good solid uh, group of people around him to kind of keep those things in check. And I, again, that is why something like this, this show, this podcast is crucial because it's, I'm going to constantly be in your face coming at you with videos on making sure that you stay focused if you need that focus or if you've, you know, you got a lot going on and you're thinking about, you know, doing negative things, you need to have a, a, a good, strong foundation around you. I don't think he had a whole lot of uh, positivity going on around him. And like I said, it's really easy to slip back into that pattern of behavior. And I'm really bummed to, to 
to hear about that. I just heard about this the other day. I really should be like on top of topics, but um, yeah, it's a bummer and it's a bummer for the, the family of the victim. It's, uh, it's a bummer for his daughter, you know, just, just because that pride, you know, got in his way. Uh, J Cole has a, on his new album has a song about pride. Pride is the devil. And um, I'm still dealing with that pride issue or not even so much pride, but just those old habits of, that level of respect that you demand from people um, can really overwhelm you and it can trigger you or you can just end up fighting with someone on a basketball court like I did. And, you know, I could have hit that dude and it could have been, you know, a different story. Anyway, let's get off that topic. Let's get on to the topic of Nick Rivera. His story is an uplifting story and I really just really appreciated getting to know him and uh, you're going to get to know him a little bit more right now and we're back with nicholas 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 rivera España. What is that? Is Rivera Span- Spanish? Are you Spanish? Yeah. Um, my mom's side of the family, Spanish. My grandma was Pena, which is like a um, early California settler. They have an adobe up in Northern California. Oh, shit. Okay. So speaking of Northern California, last episode, you had decided to go up to Humboldt. You're at so at, at that point you're skating at knees. You're 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 a tester for uh, Soltec, uh, and you're doing pretty well. You you have some positive energy flowing around around you. At the age of 21, you decide that you're going to go up to Humboldt and and grow weed or transport it or. No, it didn't happen like that. Uh, um, so, yeah, I. Uh, I was living with this guy. He's, you know, cool. He was like an Asian gangster that like sold guns and stuff on the black market. And um, it's like how the opener is like, this guy's cool. <laughs> yeah, he just <laughs> raped and killed a whole lot of people. No. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, at this point, like, this was after I was living in hotels with my kids' mom and my son and my mom because my mom was homeless at the time and she was living with us and. Um, once um, our funding ran out and my mom had to go to a homeless shelter, my kid's mom went with her mom and I went with this guy. And um, at one point, like he kicked me, he was kicking me out of the house and I had nothing. And I was trying to get, you know, get a job and stuff. And so he sold weed and I stole $50 worth of weed from him. And he came and found me at the skate park with his friends and stomped me out, kidnapped me, threw me in the back of his truck started driving towards the 405 North in Costa Mesa. And, uh, fortunately we hit a red light and I was in the back of a four door truck. I was the only person in the back. So I was able to flip the lock and jump out. And then I got chased on foot and stomped out. My ribs were all broken. My freaking face is bleeding. And damn, I just got chills, man. (laughs) I went to the hospital and, uh, so let me ask you this. Where do you think he was going to take you? Exactly. Probably yeah. somewhere in L.A. or somewhere to kill me or something. Angeles National Forest. Somewhere. and uh, Damn, that's got to be a thought that just would continue to run through your mind. So you you, you were all beat up. You were able to jump out. Yeah. And um, I, uh, the next day after I got released from the hospital, I uh, 
got a train ticket and I moved up to my grandfather's house in the Bay Area. And I was living with him for a while. And that's when um, I moved uh, my kid and his mom up there. And we were like in this program to like get housing and this and that. And my son had gotten sick and they piss tested his mom and found out she was pregnant and we weren't together for like four months. So I had questions, you know, I was like, well, it's probably not my baby. And I did what everyone shouldn't do. And I went through her phone and I saw that she was texting her sister that she hated and turned out to be another guy. And that's when she had left me. And then I went on that crazy thing. Um, so when I came back from Southern California, I came and detoxed from ecstasy on my mom's floor in this hotel. She was living in a hotel with her boyfriend and uh, I was skating at the skate park a lot. Some guy came up to me. He's like, hey, I need somebody to work on a farm. Can you go do it? Like, I'll pay you this much. He had come up to me because I had taken his son under my wing. And I was like, you know, skating with him and like kind of like being like an older brother. And he gave me a job on a pot farm. And that started um, another chapter in my life. I didn't have to pay rent. They were paying for my food and my beer. The slogan up there is no beer, no work. So, you know, I'm just getting tanked all day watering thousands of weed plants production level is just at all time low. <laughs> yeah oh no we were getting you're getting you're probably enjoying it probably enjoying it it was a lot of fun yeah it was there was a lot of personal growth during those years and yeah what's what type of personal growth for you <laughs> well i got told i was a punk bitch city kid and uh then he dosed me with DMT and Mm. (laughs) my whole perspective changed and I like became a new person. Yeah. But that only lasted so long. It's quite unfortunate, I think, right? I was just talking about this to somebody else. I was like, I think I need to do DMT again because man, for months after it was just like everything was where it needed to be. It was totally just aligned. I was good. Um, So you ended up doing DMT. How was that for you? I'd like to say life-changing at the time. Yeah. I started, I became very selfless and, you know, I just started focusing on the beauty of everything and how I can be helpful to other people, which it was like a, I don't even know where that came from, mm-hmm. you know, but my whole, my whole perspective of life had changed at that point. What was your experience like? I mean, coming, going through it. I mean, I know what my experience is like and we'll, we'll talk about it on another episode, but I want to hear you. I want to hear yours because if I uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that you started to do DMT too much, and at one point, some demonic devils or something told you you got to put a nix on that that you can't yeah. do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but the first time, like I was basically reborn, like I was in like I was in a womb and I had umbilical cord fluid dripping on me and. I wasn't breathing and I when I remembered to breathe I came out of like an entrance of this dark place and which stretched open which I'm guessing you know is a female's reproductive organ and uh, I flew up into the sky and space and I watched the earth grow from molten rock to uh, water to green valleys and then flew down and some pilgrim couple told me to uh, not to forget to recycle <laughs> and I spent the next week contemplating what that meant. And I was like, don't forget to recycle cans. And I was like, no, No, don't forget to recycle your life. 
And like, that is where like my spiritual point of views were. Mm. And that is like what made me view things differently. And what, so did you do the level thing, the levels of it? Like when you went through the experience, cause I went through three different levels of w- yeah. the process. So your, your first, your first level was, uh, the, I spiraled. I like vortexed into the ground. Yeah, I did. I, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I closed my eyes, so it was like a wild ride. Yeah. Uh, did you have a shaman? Uh, the guy that, no. well, the guy that gave it to you, was he, was it like he gave it to you for you to experience some yeah. spiritual like thing? He, or? he just, he gave it to me probably in hopes that, you know, I would have a different perspective when I woke up. They could see that you were kind of maybe living this life and they're like, let's, uh, let's give this kid another experience. And you were 20, you were 21 at that time? I was probably 21, 22. 21, 22. So you had that experience, you're up there. Um, and you're, so what happens from there? I was sleeping in a lot and like not doing much work. At this time, our farm had gotten raided and we became refugees on someone else's other farm. And, uh, I went from not doing anything to waking up before the boss got up, going and resetting the dehumidifiers, putting gas in the freaking generator so that the weed would dry. And I became like the man. And everyone was like, yeah, Nick, this and that. Yeah. You're doing a lot of work and we don't have to do as much. Exactly. We love you. Basically I gave them like a three month vacation while I took care of their responsibilities. So I had like this full 180 of like who I was from this DMT trip. Because before you wouldn't have no. taken on all that. I was sleeping in until eleven. You just felt like that you were part of this like collective community. And yeah. Like, oh, fun oh. fun fact: they would like play every morning for me while I was sleeping. They would play Nas. I know I can. Did that pump you up? Be what I want to be. No, it did not. They were <laughs> just not. doing it in spite. I really. Yeah. Because um, they secretly wanted me to like be different, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was cool how everything came, you know. Yeah. So you, uh, you had that experience, you, you felt one with the universe, right? And then, um, this sort of started to decline into something else. Um, yeah, I mean, it starts to dissipate and, mm-hmm. um, you, uh, you start losing that feeling of selflessness cause you get, you know, clouded with the worldly clamors that are going on around and ego comes back. Yeah. It creeps in a little bit. So, uh, from there, I, you know, was growing weed for another few seasons and ended up getting busted transporting weed. Hmm. And that started another chapter. What did you, what was the takeaway at that, at, at that point? So when I was in this federal halfway house, I was sober for a whole year. And at that point I was working for a huge commercial landscaping company where I was digging holes and planting plants and, you know, I was doing what I was doing in the mountains except for minimum wage and, um, in the heat. So I got released and I was working and slowly but surely I started drinking again and partying. And yeah, if I was to, you know, get in trouble, then I would go back to jail or prison. Hmm. So yeah, I progressively got worse and Um, the whole time I was skateboarding at this point, it had taken off thanks to social media. Um, I was skating and like, I got invited to skate in all the world cup of skateboarding events, every single ISU international skateboarders union event. 
So skateboarding in general was taking off because of social media or like specifically for you? F- specifically for me. Okay. Yeah. And, so um, at this point you were really pushing, pushing yourself. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, and also at this point, like, cause all I wanted to do is like break the cycle and like be able to be in my son's life again. But there was no way I was willing to change at that point to where I could be able to do that. And so I was, I was hoping that I would make it as a skateboarder and that he would find out that I was his dad and he would be stoked. Cause I was, I figured, you know, he'd get into skateboarding or something like that. And that was just something selfish, but, um, so, yeah, I was all clouded by substances too. And I skated in the Vance park series a couple years and, you know, I would show up hungover or messed up still and did not perform. And after the whole thing happened in San Jose and I got dropped by my sponsors, like that's when everything got dark. And at that point I was, you know, mixing benzos, Xanax with drinking and cocaine. And I was praying to a God every night that I hope that I wake up in the morning because I knew I was going to die. Like I had friends that died from doing the exact same thing. And one day, you know, like I, I was still doing it, but I went out and skated this Jersey barrier with my friend, Nick Moeller out in LA. And he's like, dude, are you ready to stop suffering? And he ended up, uh, you know, planting a seed in me and getting me to go to detox. And where did that come from for, for him um, to say that to you? Well, back in the day, like, we used to get loaded together and he had gotten sober. There was one point where his hand was so shaky. He couldn't hit himself in a vein with a needle and he had me shoot him up for him. So like, and for him to recover from that state of mind, like he wanted me to find this freedom that he had found through sobriety. So I went to detox and he got me a scholarship into a treatment program. And from there, you know, I had this, spiritual journey of, you know, leveling my pride and connecting with the universe, being this so-called hand of like this word, like not, I'm not talking about the Bible, but like just to help people recover from getting out of addiction. And through that process, you know, I was able to look at my past and right my wrongs, like clear the wreckage from my past. So like, as one would say, did you do the whole NA like step program um or i didn't do na no yeah i was involved with um a different fellowship and um is that something you want to talk about or is it um, i mean the 12 steps have shaped my life mm -hmm. um you know like i'm an advocate for people you know get changing their life like getting off of drugs drinking right it doesn't really matter what avenue they take as long as they get to the Yeah. yeah and um yeah, through this whole thing, you know, like getting linked back up with my kids and this and that, like I continue to help people, you know, lead them in the direction to change their lives and live this life that we're living, trying to live by spiritual principles. And there's this guy named Kurt Ischelberger. He's out of Dallas, Texas, and he does a uh, skate straight, which is at the four down skate park out there. And it's basically a group of sober skaters where they um, they all just have like this safe space where they all get to get together and you know have meetings and then go skate after and they welcome anybody like straight edge people that are um, 
struggling in addiction, people that are in programs, people that work the 12 steps. It's like, it's not biased at all. Like anybody that wants to be free from that, like he lets join. So we started a chapter here in Orange County. And like, that's like what we're pushing right now is to try and create a safe space for skateboarders that are affected by this stuff, like to get, get real and get their life back together. Cause I was ashes. Like my, my, my life was ashes and I have recreated it through this process that I've gone through. What do you, what are your, your thoughts on just, uh, I guess the, the idea for, I think most skaters that are getting involved with skateboarding, um, drug use and alcohol use is, uh, it's definitely, it's prevalent. You know, it's like, it's almost like a rite of passage. What do you say to I, people that are, are younger um, that feel like they need to follow that path? You don't need to fit that mold. Like, there'll be a lot of pro skaters that post themselves smoking weed and drinking on their Instagrams and stuff because that's the real influential thing right now is social media. That's where all these kids see these people and they see what they're doing and, you know, these actions that they take in their private life. And they're like, oh, well, I could live like that. But unfortunately for some people, you know, like it doesn't affect them the same way that it affects other people. For example, like if you go out and you tell yourself you're going to have a couple drinks, but you end up blackout drunk and wake up not knowing where you are, maybe you shouldn't be drinking. But that's not for me to say. Right. And I don't hate people that drink. I don't, you know, hate people that use drugs. Like, I get it. I've been there. Yeah. It was fun while it lasted. Yeah. But then it didn't last. Yeah. And I I just have to say that uh, the sober Nick, compared to the Nick that I knew, uh, ground score, uh, I mean, it's it's a a huge difference. And uh, you could just you embody someone that actually looks like they give a shit that they care. And you could see that that is just amplified by being able to have connection connections to your kids and to have your kids in your life. But, um, are there any, are there any last things that you'd like to, to express about your experience? Sure. So, uh, when I got sober, it was a selfish thing. It was a self selfish decision. So that way I could live. And, um, I didn't want to die. It was selfish. And I had no, no idea that I'd be reconnecting and being a father. Like this is like a life beyond my wildest dreams. Like it's insane. Um, with my kids, you know, their, their dad dying that raised them, um, from alcoholism, you know, it's, it's rooted in them that, that thing that alcohol can do that. Like it can kill you. And my partner, Veronica, like she's full on straight edge. And we listen to a lot of hardcore music and a lot of straight edge music. And my son is like Xing up his hands and it's pretty funny, you know, it's like, but if he wants to experience life, go for it. Like I'm going to be here for you, but I hope that you can learn from my mistakes, your dad's mistakes my you know and and do something positive with it yeah it's been really cool to see him since you started posting uh i remember when he first really got on the board and now he's like carving in pools like going over lights yeah grinding pool coping backside yeah that's gotta be that's gotta be an amazing drug (laughs) that's 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 what i would want to be addicted to right there is like being able to see my kid 
just, you know, progress and live life. And, you know, that's gotta be an amazing feeling for you, man. Yeah. I did a, I did a frontside air over him doing a backside grind at treasure Island skate park on a quarter pipe. And that was his first time grinding pool coping. And we got a picture of it too. So it was like pretty awesome. How, uh, on the tip of like music, uh, what are like some of the bands that you're, I, so we, you had used turn, turnstile, uh, in your video part, right? Yeah. Turnstile and strife. It's, it's been pretty crucial, right? Like, like for, for recovery or staying in that mindset, it's kind of, it's important. Like music has really helped you get through it as well. Right. Correct. Yeah. Um, I have a funny thing. Like when I was first getting sober, like I listened to the album by stained break the cycle and I was like, Oh my God, this is my life growing up. And I was like crying and stuff. And then, yeah, it's, that's funny. Stained? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Most depressive yeah. stuff ever. Um, but yeah, like, so listening to music that has like a positive outlook and not necessarily like saying, like shaming, like, you know, using drugs or drinking, which a lot of the stuff I'd listen to do, does. But I mean, I don't claim straight edge. Yeah. But it keeps you in that mindset. It's helpful, but also, yeah. you know, I, I have my, my past experience, you know, of what I went through and how I've, I've conquered that, how yeah. I've recreated my life to remind me that I don't need to go through that. Yeah. So the music is just icing on the cake. Yeah. Yeah. Like for example, earth crisis has a song firestorm and they talk about cleansing the earth of drug addicts and alcoholics in a oh, firestorm. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> it's some pretty heavy shit. Yeah. It's like genocide, but, you know, for drug addicts. <laughs> so again, Nick, I just want to say that I enjoy this Nick. You look good. I mean, he's Thank you. putting in the work. And um, I, I know you don't need to hear it from me. Uh, you got plenty of people that are around you that reinforce that, you know, for you. But um, like I said, where, where you've been and then hearing more about you now, um, you know, just I have so much more respect for you and uh i mean mainly you being a good dad you know like me as i'm i'm a father and I'm, it's important for me knowing that i came from dysfunction not to pass that down and that's that's what you're doing so that's that's fucking badass i just want to give you some nucks for that and uh congratulations on your on your part uh that dropped i know you put a lot of work into it um I think we're uh, I think we're golden. I think we're good. Do you want to give any shout outs to anybody while you're uh Sure. All right. Uh thank you Casper for coming out. Um thanks to my partner Veronica, my kids, Shiloh and Destiny and shout out to Clayton Grawl. And uh we get a couple more people. Thanks Joey Terche and Shrugi for putting me on ace and I still rep you guys even though I'm not on your team, but I appreciate you guys. Um Thanks to Chicken and hmm, oh, thanks to all the random people on Instagram that send me direct messages of asking how they can get sober and you know asking me for advice. That that stuff really you know like it helps me as well. So yeah, be the change, yo. Yeah. What was the name of that organization that you're a part of again? Skate Straight. Skate Straight. Uh, we will leave some information in the description below. Uh, if you're someone that's struggling, uh, with alcohol use, drug use or anything like that, or you just want to feel connected to, you know, a group of people that are, you know, doing positive things in the skate community, uh, you can check them out. Uh, thanks again, man.
we've been here for like two days straight. It's been crazy. Yeah. <laughs> right? No sleep. It's just coffee. It's just this has been it's been quite a journey. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um it's been a ride to be in your car of life. I've been told I've lived like seven different lives. All right. Should we handshake? I just your goatee was like rubbing on the <laughs> this is good. <laughs> this is good right here. Dad? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for uh, watching Nick and I talk and converse and words came out of our mouth. Word vomit. Mm. I clean it with, with Comet. B-Rad B G from Malibu said, Earth is my planet. On it, <laughs> <laughs> he can rap about anything. <laughs> He's a lyricologist, a lyricologist, and a marine biologist. All right, we're done. I mean, we're just, I'm still recording. Are we good? Yeah, all right. <laughs> hey, why do they have these towels here? Are they sweaty or something? Thank you to Nick Rivera for that part two. We really hope you enjoyed it. Again, if you haven't seen part one, make sure you go ahead and uh, click the video at the end of this video so you can check out part one. I'm really excited because we have a lot of interviews coming up. Next week, we got Michael Santos on the show. And uh, in between that uh, time, I'm going to post some videos on when he interviewed me for his podcast. He's a chap that did 27 years, became a millionaire while he was in prison. And he's been out for seven years and he's like 50 something, uh, did 27 years, like I said. And uh, he's a successful businessman, entrepreneur to the max. So we're going to get some insights into his world. Again, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, make sure you do. It's going to help us out. Also, if you're looking to do this, you don't have to. You know what I mean? I know you got a lot going on. But if uh, you know you feel inclined to do so, please do so. Head on over to anchor.fm slash screaming at a wall podcast. On that site, you'll be able to sign up for what they call a subscription. You can pay $0.99, cents, $4.99 a month. Uh, I mean, I think you can put whatever you want. So if you want to drop like 100 I am not going to deny that. Okay, you got that. Also, I'm very excited. Uh, I'm going to be bringing on my buddy Smoke Diggity Dog, uh, a longtime friend, someone that I co-wrote with at a magazine back in the day. He's a classy fellow with a classy way of articulating album reviews and music reviews and uh, we're gonna have some fun with him so uh make sure you uh you subscribe so you could see what's going on because i'm gonna be dropping those pretty soon thank you guys uh so much you know what i mean uh i don't know leave me some comments and down below on what you would like to see from us here at screaming at a wall you know what i mean i want to know what you think i want to get inside your head let me inside there, there like your ear. Just right there. Yeah, just a little opening. That's all I need. Okay. All right, I'm there. Tell me. See you on the next episode. Peace. Stay free out there. K70283. I am not a number. I am a free man. What are you rebelling against?
What do you got? We're trying to change something. Skateboarding is a way of learning how to read the mind. The owners of this country don't care about the foreign. Oh, baby, push me! 